Our message this morning is sort of a summary of the study, and it's called Amazing Courage, and that's been our theme through the week. We've been talking about the first half of the book of Daniel. Now, you know the book of Daniel, one of the most remarkable books in history, uh, not only in the Bible, but is really divided in two parts. And the first six chapters in Daniel is dealing with history, and it's talking about what was going on in the courtyard of, uh, or I should say in the royal court of Babylon and Persia and the experiences of Daniel and his friends. The last six chapters, chapters 7 through 12, is dealing with the visions that God gave Daniel regarding prophecy. Now there are visions in chapters uh, 2 and chapter 4, but they're visions or dreams of a king. In the last half of the book, it's the dreams of Daniel regarding the future and what's happening. And so we're going to be talking about the amazing courage that is demonstrated. These first six chapters of Daniel are talking about God's kingdom, God's truth, and God's people. And through all the trials that uh, transpire, it's telling how these young men, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, those were their Hebrew names, they stood up against great opposition and they were um, successful in great tests. They would not be discouraged. And we want to encourage all, especially our young people, to have that amazing courage. Heard about a man that was walking by a park one day and he saw there was a um, baseball game going on. Some young kids were playing a game of baseball and he went over by the uh, dugout fence and he, he looked at the score and it was 20 to nothing. And he talked to one of the boys that was in the dugout and he said, uh, are you discouraged? He said, no, not at all. He was smiling ear to ear. He said, we haven't been to bat yet. <laughs> he said, our turn is coming. He had a positive outlook. And God's people need to have a positive outlook. We need courage. Now, one of my favorite sections of the Bible is the statement that God makes to Joshua. When, when Moses was getting ready to die, he was told by the Lord Joshua, your apprentice, he is to be your successor. And he's going to need extraordinary courage but because he, he will lead these people from the wilderness into a land of giants where there are seven nations that have bigger cities and better weapons and bigger armies and they're better trained and he's going to need courage to go against these forces. And so Moses told Joshua, be courageous, be courageous. God is with you, God is with you. Kept saying, be courageous, be strong, God is with you. One reason we can be courageous and be strong is because God is with us. Now if you go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's a wonderful promise. I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Paul quotes that in Hebrews, 11 verse, uh, Hebrews 13, verse 5. I will never leave you or forsake you. And Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you will divide, divide the land as an inheritance, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, how do you demonstrate your courage? 
that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you might prosper. How many want to be prosperous? This is a prosperity sermon. It's talking about be courageous, obey God's commandments, you will prosper. Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it. Day and night you will observe it. And that word meditate there is, it's a Hebrew word that's very much like, you know, they were shepherds. It's the word that when animals are chewing their cud and they're just going over it again, you know. And, uh, you know, cows a little different than people are, and so are goats. They got several stomachs. And they eat, and they digest, and then when they're resting, they bring some of it back up and chew on it again. Now, maybe that sounds like a strange analogy, but you read the Bible, you digest it, then you meditate on it. A little later, you chew it over, you think about it. This is what David said. It's not like Eastern meditation, where you just empty your head and keep repeating words. It's where you're thinking about the Word of God. You're chewing on it. Meditate on the Word of God, night and day. Observe to do according to all that is written. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. For then you will make your way, here it is again, prosperous. You will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can you say amen? That's a wonderful passage of scripture. A promise, don't be discouraged. And as we're going through this wilderness into the promised land, what God said to Joshua, he says to us. Our battle is not the Canaanites, it's the devil. And people influenced by the devil in this world. And God wants us to have that kind of courage. Now the book of Daniel we're going to look at those first six chapters very quickly, and we're going to highlight the things that we learned about the experience of our heroes, Daniel, sometimes known as Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel chapter 1 is a lesson in courage for self-control. You remember when Daniel and his friends were carried off to Babylon, and Daniel and his three friends had been selected, they weren't just taken off to slavery, they said, you are bright and good-looking, we think you can be trained to be officials in the palace. By the way, they were from royal blood, they were related to King Hezekiah and related to King David. And you can be trained, and we're going to put you through the best schools in the world back then were in Babylon. And the kings even provided the cafeteria food for you. Well, and they looked at the cafeteria food and they said, uh, that's not good for anyone, especially a Jew. And uh, there's a king's wine, which was probably fermented, and the food had been offered to pagan idols, and they ate all kinds of creepy things. And this is what it says about Daniel and his friends. Daniel, chapter 1, verse 8, purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies or with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He had courage to demonstrate self-control. Now the food probably tasted great. And everybody else around him was eating that food that may have tasted great, but he knew it wasn't right for him to eat it. And persuaded the chief of the eunuchs, he said, give us a 10-day test. 
give us simple vegetables, pulse to eat, lentils and, and greens and water to drink, and then look and see who's healthier and who's sharper after 10 days. You know the story. After just 10 days of their eating uh, the basic biblical diet and then comparing them to all the others that were eating from the Babylonian buffet, it says that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were 10 times wiser and they were fairer, better looking, and fatter in flesh. Now some of you might think, I don't want that diet. But they had just been starved because they had just come out of Babylon. They had been carried across the desert. And so it's basically saying they were able to put on healthy weight. They had elasticity in their step. And the king, when he tested them, they were 10 times smarter. Isn't it interesting? In the beginning of the book, it starts out by saying, take care of your body, keep your mind clear. Do not be controlled by the flesh. They may have wanted to eat and drink those things, but they said no. And because of that, and they ate what was good, they were blessed. You can read here, it says in uh, Proverbs chapter 23, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, <laughs> like the king of Babylon, consider carefully what is before you. Put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. If you struggle with your appetite, it's almost like you say, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> You're not gonna really cut your own throat. It's a figure of speech to control yourself. Do not desire his delicacies for they are deceptive food. Isaiah 1.19, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. God wants us to have self-control with our food and physical passions. That is one of the secrets to success and prosperity in God's kingdom. I don't think there's too many of us here that miss the news about those four children that went down in a plane that crashed in the Amazon, crashed May 1st. And the pilot, one of the tribal leaders, and the mother were ultimately killed in the crash. The mother did not die right away. She had four children in the plane with her. The children all survived. Almost no injury from the plane crash because they were in the back. And the mother told the children, it's going to be hard for them to find you. Don't stay here. Take some of the they had a little picnic food with them. Take the food. She told the oldest girl, Leslie, 13 years old. Another was nine, another was five, and one was less than a year old. She said, watch out for your brother and sister. Here's some food. Go away from this place. They also had rebels that went through that part of the jungle, so it wasn't safe. And for 40 days, they searched for these kids. They actually had one Belgian shepherd that the army, they had 150 soldiers looking through the jungle. They were calling out with the loudspeakers and um, they were dropping food from helicopters, hoping maybe they'd find one of these deposits of food. They did find one of them. 